Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Live It Well podcast. We are your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We are so glad that you're here with us. Each week, we invite authors, mentors, friends of ours who have an inspiring message, who are living their life well. And so our goal is to learn and grow, and we want to invite you to do the exact same thing with us. So hope you're ready. Let's dive right in. On today's episode, guys, we are so excited. We got to sit down with one of our very favorite authors whose work has meant so much to us and to our family. I mean, literally affected the way we parent, the way we live our lives, our marriage, everything. I'm talking about the one and only Dr. John Townsend. Yeah, he's kind of a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) He's wonderful. Yeah, you know, he's a business consultant, a leadership coach, and a psychologist, and he's written or co-written 30 books. Yep, selling 10 million copies, so he's doing okay, (laughs) (laughs) including the New York Times bestseller, Boundaries, which should just be required reading for humanity and adulthood. Such a good book. Yeah, if you haven't read it, make sure you pick up a copy. It's just essential. But in today's episode, we're going to sit down with Dr. Townsend about his brand new book that he's written called People Fuel. And man, this is such a powerful book. He's going to unpack some principles that I think you're going to find very beneficial in your life. The idea of the people you surround yourself will either fill you up, give you life, or they will do the opposite and they will take life and suck the life out of you. <laughs> it's so huge. Um, I love how he encourages us to really be intentional about cultivating the right relationships in our life. And I love how he talked about the power of vulnerability. Mm. I was a little convicted there. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just loved our time with him. And this conversation is one we will listen to again and again, guys. You're going to enjoy it so much. All right. Well, without further ado, here's Dr. Townsend. May I tell you what, your work, uh, just personally, I need to tell you this, has impacted my life and my family's life in such a huge way. And so I just have to start the podcast out here by saying thank you for what you're doing, what you've done, and even what you are continuing to do. You're impacting so many people's lives. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited to jump into this new book that you've written called People Fuel. But before we do that, can you give our audience a little bit of insight of who Dr. Townsend is? Well, um, by training, I'm a psychologist and I, I write books. And I have a couple of organizations that um, I have the Townsend uh, Institute, which is our academic arm. We, you can get a master's in organizational leadership, master's in counseling, master's in coaching. We also have a professional end up for leaders called Townsend Leadership Program. We can get in small groups with our directors anywhere around the country and learn how to be a better leader as well as a better parent and everything. We're holistic. And so I spend most of my time working with those. And I speak to, you know, engagements and conventions and conferences and that sort of thing. Uh, My wife, Barbie, and I live in Newport Beach, California, south of Los Angeles. We have two grown sons, uh, Ricky and Benny. And uh, we get along real good with them. They're they're really young. Really good guys, and uh, my myself and my sons, we have a band called the Bandits. Get it, Bandits? And <laughs> we play a little venues when we can. There's three of us, and I'm sorry we don't play Hillsong. We play Led Zeppelin. So there you um, go. Nice. I don't know what you do about that, but um, we play all kinds of covers of uh, music we like, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and this sort of thing. And that we have lot- awesome. So wait, okay, how did this even happen? How did you one day you guys were sitting around? What what I just, start a band? We should start a band. I'm, I come from a really musical family. Like we were like Von Trapps. Like um, 
My mother was an opera singer and had, you know, choir directing for 60 years. My dad was a jazz pianist. And so me and my sisters all grew up doing gigs, like little sailor uniforms and all that crazy stuff. Wow. And, and so I prove it. You got picture. <laughs> prove it. We need a picture of you in a sailor uniform as a child. Well, my sisters had the sailor u- uniform. I'm holding the trombone, if you can imagine oh that. Oh, my God. So music's a big deal. And so I've always been in bands and. And my kids were in their bands, and as they got older, we started thinking, you know, Dad's, I've got everything in my, in my garage. I've got the drum set up, I've got the amps, i got the guitars, my neighbors love us because we invite them over. And the kids, we started messing around, we said, we ought to do something together. And so since we were all musical to begin with, we thought, well, would it be kind of a fun thing? And we have a blast with it. Our big, awesome. our big claim to fame is that the cops came one night. Yeah. Oh, man. Having our annual Christmas party, had 100 people over, all our friends. And the band played, and then um, somebody said, somebody came late and said, "Are you guys done?" I said, "Yeah, we're done." And it was about eleven o'clock, and our neighbor, our neighbor, that come over said, "We haven't played for us." I said, "This is too late." He said, "Oh, just play a couple of songs." So we played two songs. Cops come over, and now we have the best stories of all time. Yeah, we were shut down by the cops. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Led Zeppelin, That's Red Hot cool. Chili Peppers. Yeah, <laughs> so cool. So cool. I absolutely love it. Uh, if you could, let's just take a quick trip down back a little bit down the road. How in the world did you end up doing what it is you're doing today? Well, um, the way I started was, um, my partner, writing partner for many years, Henry Cloud and I had, um, a healthcare system. We had, um, many, um, gosh, psychological and psychiatric inpatient and outpatient programs as psychologists on the West Coast of Cal- uh, between California and San Diego and, and up to Seattle. And during that time, um, we've started having lots of conversations with leaders who were saying, you know, I, I'm not de- clinically depressed and I don't, you know, I don't have a drug problem, but I really want to do better. So I constructed a model basically of how do you help a leader with the same principles that I've been helping people with depression, anxiety, and drug problems because they're very similar. Most of what I study is neuropsychology now and how to, how the, the brain operates. And we found out if you want to take a business to, from good to great or from great to greater or a leader from good to great and great to greater, you've got to learn the principles of what makes things succeed. And it has to do with relationship, has to do with character, it has to do with how you handle obstacles, things like resiliency. So I started studying and writing on that and then went into uh, most of work, my work now is with organizations and leaders. So good. And yeah, that absolutely does tie into this brand new book called People Fuel. And I love the tagline, how energy, how energy from relationships transforms lives, love, and leadership. So what in the world drove you to say, okay, this book has to come into existence because people are missing something? Well, probably the last five years I've been working on, when I work with people who are running billion-dollar organizations and great family businesses and this sort of thing, I always always study them and I say, you know, you got a secret sauce here. You're doing something at a class, world-class level nobody's doing. And over and over and over again, as I study these people and I study the brain, the, the, the high, high percentage of these people had really healthy relationships. But this is, I'm talking about high quality people feeding into you. And I realized these people made it because they had the right people in their brains and in their lives, giving them what they needed to explode and go scale. And so I thought I got to write on it. So I studied, I put together a model and the model is what we're going to talk about and the model works. And I thought, okay, it's got to get out there. It, it works in my company. It works with my clients and it works with me. It I had to put it in my own brain. 
Yeah, so good. And you talk about this in the book, really categorizing different types of people, as you call it, the seven C's. Yeah. So can you take a second and just unpack? Who is it that we need to have pouring into us on our turn, our side? Yeah, like like I talk about in the book, who are the gains and who are the drains? You know, there's, there's some people you come away from lunch with and you go, man, I can rock it. I got so many ideas. They believe in me. And some people come away from lunch and you go, oh my gosh, I need a nap after that one, right? right. Well, so here's the seven C's. The highest level C is what I call coaches. And coaches are those directors, mentors, guides, our Yoda figures, counselors, people that sort of know a lot about a topic of growth. I've got three coaches in my life for three different areas of my life. I'll probably pay for coaching the rest of my life because it's so many times more valuable than what I'm paying for it. So you got to have the right coaches. Second level is comrades. And comrades is those people who are in the battle with you. It's what I call in the book the life team. Three to ten people who know you and they know the yuck and they know, you know how screwed up you are, but they also know what potential you've got and they love you and, they, and you're open with them. And you know them too. That's why it's a team. It's two-way. Everybody's mutual working on business building and, you know, and marriages and raising kids and being healthy. Everybody's on the team working together. The comrades are your life team of three to 10 people. Got to have those people. Third is, um, third is casuals. And those are kind of like your next door neighbor that you like, and you want to go, you know, have a barbecue with, or you, you, you and your spouse like each other or whatever. But so somebody that kind of like an in the moment person that you just, I don't know, have a great lunch with and no big deal, but we need kind of people who are like, positive people to be around. Fourth level is colleagues. And colleagues are those people that we work with. I mean, work is done in teams. And you have to have people who are really good at integrity. They're very good at what they do. They're trained. They're also people people as well as performance people. And they work very well on teams. They're collaborative. That, that gives great energy to us. We've got great colleagues in our businesses and our, our jobs and our organizations. The next level is called care, C-A-R-E, care. And those are those people that are without. You know, Jesus said, you're going to have the poor with you always. And so there are people that don't have a lot of the blessings that we have, and we're called to help them. This could be anything from, you know, building water wells in a developing country to working with sex trafficking here or around the world to mentoring someone younger who wants to be a better mom or dad or mentoring somebody in business to help them or working in a homeless shelter or whatever. But we're all supposed to care about other people and give our energy to those things. The next level is chronics. Now, I'm originally from the South, and chronics are what we used to call in the South, bless their heart. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Bless their heart. And a bless their heart person, chronic, means there are people that have needs, but they have what I call from my, the psychological world, they have a flat learning curve. So you spend all this time with them, and you go to Starbucks with them, and you pray for them, and you give them eight Bible verses, and you give them a, a to-do list, and here's all the assignments, and you come back next week, and and they're just as much of a mess as they were the week before. Their marriage isn't better. They're still in trouble with their job. Their kids are upside down. And you go, did you do anything? I said, no, but I just love to talk to you. Well, bless their heart. They're a black <laughs> couple, and they're not mean people, but they just have a flat learning curve. They just kind of like, like being around you because you're nice and smart, but they're not going to do anything you say. And we spend tons and tons and tons of time around chronics. And then the seventh one is called contaminants. And contaminants is kind of, it's a bad place because the Bible says there are evil people in the world, not just misunderstood, hurt people. There's people that want to destroy families, unfortunately, and churches and businesses and destroy you. And they're bad people. And you have to put very, very strong limits on them. So when you look at the model, 
Most people I look at when I take them to the model, they go, huh, I am bottom heavy. Now, I'm not talking physically, right. <laughs> but I've got way too many care and, and chronic and contaminants in my life. Now, we're always supposed to care, but maybe you're on too many ministries. Maybe you're on too many boards, and your kids are saying, what was your name again when you come home? Because you're giving to the world. Yeah. Maybe you got too many chronics you're spending every week with, so you can't go to your kid's soccer game. Maybe you need to tell that chronic, you know, I can meet with you one time a quarter, and here's a, here's a phone number of a good church. And the contaminants, no time at all. And you got to build up those top few, especially great coaches and great comrades. That's how you right-size your seven Cs. And the coaches and comrades are where you get those nutrients from that we talked about. That's so good. I have a question, though, because I know couple we you know our show's spiritual growth for couples. I know there's couples listening. Speak to that spouse who's in a relationship with a contaminant or a chronic, you know, that you talk about, because I know you're not talking about jumping ship in a marriage, but sometimes uh, it's just in that place. So speak some hope to somebody who's in that kind of a situation. Well, Henry Cloud and I wrote a book called Boundaries in Marriage that addresses all this, because unfortunately, it's not like you're both comrades with each other. One is saying, I want to be truthful. I want to be authentic. I want to be responsible. And we're, we're harnessed together. Unfortunately, you can have different levels of maturity and different, different levels of kind of where we are in life. And so if somebody's got a spouse that is either a chronic or a contaminant, you have to do what the Bible says, basically. Go to Matthew 18, and it says you speak to that person, and you speak from a vulnerable level. I have three levels that I work with. There's mild issues, moderate issues, and severe issues, right? And you have to treat mild, moderate, severe differently. So if somebody is a chronic or a contaminant on a mild level, then you go to them on a vulnerable level like Matthew 18 and say, this is hard for me. You know, you're, you, I feel judged by you or I ask you to do these things, you wouldn't do it. Or I, I felt controlled or not accepted. And a mild person will go, I'm sorry, uh, you're right. Thanks for reminding me. I'll change. And things get better. Now, if it turns to moderate or severe, the Bible says you have to amp it up a bit. You have to escalate. That's where, that's where Jesus said, then you bring two or three witnesses and then you bring the entire church. You have to escalate because of people, the level of their pathology. And that might mean, you know, this hasn't changed and I've been vulnerable and I've been doing my own work and I'm apologizing for the beam in my eye, but you're still kind of not being nice to me. So I might have to be, I just want to let you know, this is a big deal and it's not going to go away. And you get a little firmer. And then some people say, okay. Unfortunately, then there are some people and the moderates are severe that it's not about your vulnerability and it's not about your firmness. They don't listen to words. <laughs> they only listen to consequences. It's like going to your two-year-old and saying, you know, when you bonk your little sister on the head with that rubber hammer, you got to have empathy for your sister. And your little kid goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two years old. And you have to say, sweetheart, there's a thing called a timeout. And she learns about life from a timeout because words don't matter to some people, only consequences. That's why Galatians 6 tells us, be warned, God will not be mocked. A person will reap what they sow. Honey, young you're going to have to reap a timeout because you're not listening to my words about bonking sister. Well, now you got somebody 37 years old that you're married to who doesn't listen to words, who doesn't listen to appeals. And you got to say, I might have to take some actions. And those actions are in the book, the Boundaries of Marriage book. There might be things like, when you're not nice to me, I'm going to leave the room. Or when you're really mean or you don't do what you say, I'm going to have to talk to a Dave Ramsey expert about splitting your finances. Or when you can't be kind to me, I'll have to take a drive in the car. Or maybe, you know, I won't be around at night. I'll just take the kids. We'll go somewhere till you turn into a nice person. 
appropriate consequences for the appropriate behavior. That's good. Do you, do you think in the book you talk about the uh, 15-day relational challenge? Uh, how, how could that play out in maybe in this scenario you're talking about? Yeah, the 15-day relational challenge in the book, guys, is, is basically um, an idea we came up with that, okay, most of us don't like to ask for our needs to be met. We feel like we're being you know, demanding. And so it's a way to normalize that the Bible teaches, and in, in, in James it says, you do not have because you do not ask. So I've got to tell people, can I tell you some things, uh, you know, here at my Starbucks lunch, I, I know I've been, I've been working with you and I, li- I love you and I care about you, but I kind of don't talk about myself, but I'm getting serious about my personal growth now. I kind of want to tell you where I really am. And what you'll find out, and especially in your marriage and in the marriage context, when you do that with your spouse, your spouse goes, I didn't know you needed that. I thought you were Superman or Superwoman. Yeah, I get insecure sometimes. I need affirmation. I'm happy to provide it. You know, my wife and I were at a, a dinner with some other couples um, two nights ago, and there was kind of a get together. We don't know each other well, so we're doing all these little games about what's your favorite color and your favorite sport, just to kind of icebreaker. And I said, let me bring out the stuff. I have a relational nutrients card now. And in fact, you can get it on relationalnutrients.com. And so I just handed out the cards, just had the 22 in the four quarters. And I sat them around in, a, in, in the living room. I said, okay. Read, read over this and I explain what I just explained to you guys. And I said, now, take a look at this and, and figure out which one of these quadrants your wife or your husband is really good at. Are they really good at being present and empathizing and just being there when you're hurting and life's not good? Are they really good at conveying hope and positivity when you need it? Are they good at, like, insight and naughty problems? Are they good at, like, hey, what's the action step? And I want you to tell it in the community of our living room how much you appreciate that. And then I want the other spouse to say that, what quadrant that other spouse is at. And you got to keep eye contact because relational nutrients come through eye contact, unless you're texting, which is good too. <laughs> texting works with this, I found out. But after you, after you affirm each other, then I want you to give each other a little kiss on the lips. And everybody kind of got like bashful and stuff. But they all did it. And I said, okay, what was that like? And they all went, you know. I know that he loves me, but I didn't know that he sees that in me. I feel mm-hmm. so cool and close to him. And she re- realized some things about me I didn't know. And they kind of reaffirmed. And I said, look, I, it's like TSA. You know, if you travel a lot, TSA says, if you see it, say it. Right. There's a little bag over here and it's black and it's kind of weird looking. Call somebody. Right. People say, well, they should know how I feel. No, they don't. Or you said it 10 years ago. But if you say it, I've just been watching. How, how awesome you are with the kids. And I'm so glad God gave me to you because it's so much work and you're just a patient person. It's like they get that shot of Prozac in the moment mm-hmm. and they go, gosh, thank you. So the challenge is do that for 15 days and see what happens to your marriage. That's so mm-hmm. good. You're, you're talking about vulnerability. Um, and I love, there's a story that you tell in the book about a woman who's really good at caring for everyone else's needs and she's just the queen of deflecting when people ask her about herself. It kind of hit home a little bit for me. I mean, I'm not sure why. <laughs> I mean, you might know someone personally. I might, somebody, a friend of mine. Oh yeah. And I might know somebody really personally. <laughs> Oh, well, oh. let's call your friend and get him all this, this stuff. Yeah, it's, just, it's all right. I'll we'll, tell we'll her. Relay the information. I'll tell her. But yeah. I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, I was um, working in a corporate setting, and um, there was um, it was run by a, a woman CEO who was very, very competent, but kind of like had to have it all together and takes care of everybody else and not herself, which is what every parent does, every leader does. 
And so we were having our team meeting for all the executives to get together and, you know, get connected, get, get great culture, get engaged to go do great performance. I said, um, so everybody just talk about how's, how's it going. And, and everybody was talking about their lives. And we got to her and she said, everything's fine. Just how's everybody else doing? And I said, you know, it's not what we're talking about here. How's it? <laughs> she goes, no, it's good. It's good. How, how's everybody else doing? And I said, you know, there's a lot of research out now about the difference between the bulletproof leader and the vulnerable leader. And the bulletproof leader, whether it be Superman or Captain Marvel, they've got it together and they just care about other people. And then there's the vulnerable leader that says, I, sometimes I struggle, I'm challenged, and, and I lost a quarter million dollars on a quarterly to the last quarter. And it's kind of, I'm, 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 I'm responsible for some of that and I want to do better. And they found out, you'd think that you'd be loyal to the bulletproof leader, but, but people aren't. They're loyal to the one that's got feet of clay. You know why? Because of the principle of identification. I'm not like Superman. Superman's an alien from Krypton. I'm not like this person. But this leader is like me. She messes up and she struggles. And so I said to her, I just told her that. I explained it. And she said, you know, it's not about me. It's about them. I said, yeah, I'm your leader. It's about them. But I'm telling you, people would be, they would feel like they were so lucky to be hearing about your struggles. And she said, no, I don't want to be high demand. I've got to write the ship. I don't want to be this needy person. I said, I think you'd be surprised if people feel much closer to you. So she said, okay, well, I really do feel bad about the last quarter now that we're talking. And I feel like I didn't run things right. And I feel bad about myself. And I'm just kind of embarrassed about it. I said to the team, how are you guys doing? They went, Cheryl, thank you so much. I, I had no idea you ever struggled. I thought you were kind of perfect. And I just feel so much closer to you and respect you so much more, and I want to help you. And she kind of went, I had no idea I'd get that kind of response. We are drawn toward vulnerability. And you know where we get this from? We get it from the Bible. We're in Hebrews. It says that Jesus struggled in every way as we do, yet without sin. We are drawn to his vulnerability, and he's drawn to ours. Mm, that's so good. So good. So good. Well, I know that there's maybe one person out there listening saying, Man, Dr. Townsend, that's great and all. I've got a good wife. I've got my dog. I got my job. Like, I'm good. I got enough. It's a country song. <laughs> Somehow it turned into a country song. <laughs> They're out there saying, I'm good. I don't know if I need any more relationships. I don't know if I need any more of this in my life. What, what advice would you give to them? I get that so much from um, from people, especially um, the leadership world, either in the church or in business. And they'll go, they'll, they'll give me the big three. Yeah. I get my nutrients from the Lord, and I get them from my spouse and my Labrador, Max. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I need. And I bring God and Max and my spouse, all my hang-ups and my fears, and I go, okay, great, I get it. Number one, God sort of does that anyway. We, that's a, you know, we know that. And Max has to because he's a lab, and they're wired that way genetically. And your wife or your husband is tired. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'll give that talk, and then I'll be signing books afterwards, and all the spouse will come up and go, Thank you. Oh my gosh, thank you. I wish they get somebody else in their life. I'm tired of being the only container for all this need. I said, you got to spread it out, man. And I say, I said, are you open to either the Bible or research? Because I work with non-Christian firms and Christians. So you want? I can tell you what the Bible says. I can tell you what the neuro research says. And I can tell you what my own experience of leaders is. And they'll say, sure. All right, start with neuro, neuro research. If you, we found that in the longitudinal studies of research. If you don't have a few long-term vulnerable friends, people tend to have more business problems, more problems in emotional struggles, uh, medical struggles, and a higher mortality rate. We're designed to need more than one person. And, and the reason for that is just because the God wants 
God wants a tribe in your head, not just one person. And so many Christians are like, it's all vertical. It's all Jesus. It's never me. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, no, you, let's look at some other Bible verses because there's a horizontal here. Think about, for example, Ecclesiastes 4. Woe to you when, when, when you fall and not another lifts him up. Now, I've exegeted that passage. That one another lift you up is not Jesus. God's in a person. Go to Matthew 26, where Jesus is on the mount in great pain and suffering, and he's with the Father. He is with the nutrient Father, and he turns around and says to Peter, James, and John, I need you to be with me. I'm in trouble here. 1 Peter 4.10, we are the stewards of God's manifold grace. Well, that says that God created a system where we are the delivery system. We're the gas stations for each other as well as him. So a healthy person, a healthy marriage, a healthy leader has got to have not only the vertical strength, Bible, Holy Spirit, prayer, surrender, but also that horizontal and hundreds of Bible verses that said that's the other source of nutrients. That's kind of what I tell them. That's good. So I love that. You need to have a tribe in your head, not just yeah. one. Such yeah. a good, Such a good line. All right, so what is your hope when someone picks up this book, they read it and they put it down? What do you hope for them? I hope um, a couple of things, guys. One is that people understand that it's not just a good thing to need people in your life. It's a vital thing, and you're going to suffer if you don't. I just want to say it. Your business, your marriage, your parenting, your energy, the service you want to give to God, it's not going to be optimized. I'm an optimized guy. It won't be optimized the way you think it was. And so when you tell me I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'll go, you are good, but you're not optimized. Mm. You know, God made us with these, you know, let's say a 16 cylinder, you know, Lamborghini in our heads. And you can say, well, I'm good. I don't need all this. Okay. Then you'll run on nine the rest of your life. But who wants to run on nine? So just because you feel good and life's going well, doesn't mean you're optimized. So number one, that it's not only good, but it's vital. And the second thing is they're just very practical cookies on the bottom shelf ways to do this. I've made it as practical as possible so you can get going this week. That's awesome. So good. Love it. Well, before we end, we like to ask these three questions. Go a little bit like this. What's a book that's impacted your life? Uh, What's a habit that's impacted your life? And what advice would you give to the younger you? So what's a book that's impacted your journey? And you're asking an omnivorous reader, so. <laughs> so it's going to be a good one. <laughs> yeah, I'm all through the Rolodex. And when I was, before I went into the world of psych, I went to seminary, Dallas Seminary, and one of my professors was a man named Gene Getz, and he wrote a book called Sharpening the Focus of the 20th Century Church, and he's the one, the first one I had read that said, before you just do nothing but Jesus, Let's see what the Bible says about the one another's. And he listed every one another in the Old and New Testament of one another, except one another's Christ accepted you. Speak the truth to one another. And I started going, I'm missing it here. And so that book changed the way I look at spiritual growth, marriage growth, emotional growth. I'm very grateful to uh, Gene Getz's book there. Gene Getz. That's awesome. We'll have to look that one up. Um, Well, it says 20th century, though. (laughs) We're in the 21st century. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and what's a habit that's changed your life? My wife and I do this when we get home, this little check-in with each other. So we sometimes we use the card, but we've kind of memorized the card, obviously. But one of the things we love is, you know, we get home now, and instead of me blabbing for 15 minutes about my day and her going, uh-huh, uh-huh, that must be hard, or her blabbing about her day for 15 minutes and, my, and me going, well, try this and do this and do this. We really do it with each other, and we try to we try to be very quadrant one with each other, honestly, and just 
our little rule is don't give advice until the, until you really get how I feel. That's our little rule. And after 31 years, it's worked. So then I, then I finally say, gosh, it sounds, she's a teacher. It sounds like the kids were, it was just a lot of struggle with some of the kids. And she'll go, yeah, it was a struggle. I said, it sounded a little bit overwhelming with the administration that you had to deal with. It was overwhelming. And I'll go, great. And I might say, need any advice? And she'll go, nope. <laughs> No. I'm good. Need you to make dinner. <laughs> we had that little ritual, and it just makes the whole rest of the evening go better. We feel connected. We we gave each other energy. We felt closer, and um, it's a good habit for us. That's so awesome. good. All right. What advice, if you were sitting across from the younger John Townsend, what advice would you give him? Um, get intentional about your comrades and your life team. High-performing people tend to be picked by others who want your time. They don't pick others, and that's a mistake. Sometimes we feel like, gosh, for me to ask for somebody who's really got a lot of gifts and character maturity that I need, gosh, I'd rather not do that. Feels too like forward. So I just wait for somebody to say, oh, you know, you're a really cool person. I want you to disciple me and mentor me. That's great, but don't be picked as much as you pick, and you'll have a better life team. Mm, that's great. So good. Great. Love it. Well, thank you for your time today. Where where can people look you up, find the book, all that good stuff? Uh, drtownsend.com. It's got everything about, for example, the Townsend Institute, which is our school, and the leadership program, Townsend Leadership Program, and everything else we do, as well as the book. And um, we have the peoplefuelbook.com, information about the book itself. And we have the relationalnutrients.com. If you want to just get in there, get those 22 in the four quadrants and get working on them. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us today. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks for what you do, guys. Thank you. Well, such a great conversation. And guys, you've got to go grab this brand new book. It actually comes out this Tuesday. Let's support Dr. Townsend by picking up People Fuel and getting a copy for yourself and getting a copy for somebody else in your life who maybe needs to understand the principles of <laughs> relational nutrients. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thank you so much for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did and we would love to hear from you take a minute to leave us a review on itunes hit us up on our website letsliveitwell.com or come and find us on social media and as always you can find all of the information for today's episode and all the books and the links mentioned in our show notes over to our website letsliveitwell.com well that's a wrap for today's episode we're going to close it out like we do every single time remember you only get one life live it well well.